Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um. Oh my god, guys, we can see each other on video over here. What the hell is going on? People can finally see that we don't look as great as we sound. Oh man, but you know, we do sound great. We do right? sound great, Paula. Yeah, the Indian Dave Franco sitting oh here at the desk. Oh wow, and we got Chef over Holy here. Holy shit, I never, I've never thought about it like that. I'm just, I'm mind blown right now. Fellas, we're back. <laughs> New episode, Not Your Weekly Sports Pod. How you been, fellas? I missed y'all, man. It's been a minute. It's, it's been a minute. It's, it's good to have great, the fam dude. back together. Oh my goodness. The amount of things I feel like that have just happened in uh, in the city of Houston in 2021 and the United States worldwide. Dude, what the fuck? We're, I, I still feel like this uh, pandemic is ahead of us and it's still going on right now. It's never ending. Yeah, I actually got my shot, I think, a couple weeks ago. Did man. you really? Yeah, dude. I went to HEB, probably the worst experience ever. I had my shot appointment at 1 o'clock. Nice. I got this motherfucker at 2.45. Did wow. they give you a smiley face band-aid? Bro, nothing. Nothing. Did, no lollipop? No. Uh, wow. The balls on them to be able to do that to you, yeah, bro. Yeah, honestly, this sorry. nurse did talk me through the needle. I'm, I'm cool with needles, but the fact that, you know, as soon as I see it, it's like, shit. It's you started sweating a little bit. I did sweat. A little diaphoretic. A little I believe bit. it. Yeah. She Bold. called me a little girl. Her oh rate started gosh. racing. Yeah. So, so I was like, fuck that 15 minute wait after I get this shot. I'm out of here. So if something did happen, I would have been fucked. Dude. Well, I was good. That's, That's good. all that matters. Paul, I know you've already gotten yours since you are a healthcare practitioner yeah. yourself. I walk around with protection. Look at you. Like you're always awesome. strapped. My God, shout out to Texas for finally allowing the state to open up to all the vaccines. And to that, we're going to go to a completely fucking different topic, man. How you been keeping up with the NBA this year? Have you been enjoying the NBA season thus far? We're trying to. We're trying, trying to. to. How about you, Vala? This is, the this is crazy. This is the first year in the NBA that I can remember where we're at the trade deadline and there's no clear favorite to win the ring. Yeah. And the one clear favorite, by all logic, the Brooklyn Nets, people are hesitant to label as a clear favorite. Because of one James Tiberius Harden. Wow. The re Houston represented real hard right here? I mean, look, you got to represent greatness Beautiful. while you're still around for it. Beautiful. So, I completely be around much longer. Dude, and you know, every time I look at the NBA now, and I think one of the main problems that we see with people complaining about the Brooklyn Nets is the sheer amount of firepower that people are kind of surprised about. How did we get this team all here? <laughs> and... To me, guys, I want more teams like the Brooklyn Nets. I kind of want to see a lot more of these great players teaming up to build best team versus the best team. And I think the only way we could essentially have that in the NBA, and quite frankly, in all sports worldwide, is get rid of the fucking salary cap. It is an inhibitor to greatness and something we're not going to see. And I'm excited to, to dive deep with you boys about this topic, man. How do y'all feel about that right now? Interesting. I mean, the salary cap's been around for like the entirety of the modern NBA, yeah. right? Absolutely. It's an idea to introduce parity in the NBA. Mm -hmm. But despite that presence of a salary cap, I mean, think about the last decade of basketball. It's been the same guys winning championships exactly. year, year in, year out. It's either LeBron, the Spurs, yep. the Warriors, or Kobe and Shaq. That's it. For the last 20 years, essentially. You got a little sprinkling of Toronto. Good for you, Canada. Because the Warriors lost their entire team. They were finally and, cursed by the basketball gods. And Pascal Siakam destroyed Draymond Green. Destroyed. He made him his son, <laughs> for sure. He daddied. That's true. He daddied him and cradled him. Beautiful. 
And then, I mean, other anomalies Detroit. like like the 2018 Houston Rockets. Oh, the greatest what show? The greatest champions? What ifs of the, all time? Probably one of the best. I believe it. To never win a championship. And so, yeah, despite the salary cap, you still don't have much parity. You've got the same teams in the finals essentially every year, the same cast of characters. And so it's an interesting idea. I'm excited to explore it. Well, and I think, you know, this also, well, no, Chef, I want to understand your perspective on this too. Tell me, like, what do you believe that about the salary cap? Are you a fan of it? Are you not a fan of it? Or like, what's your deal on this as well? Honestly, it can go either way. If you really think about it, like you're saying, dude, it would be freaking phenomenal in the finals to see two super teams going at it. You know, for a fact, you know, it's going to be going down to a game seven. And that's what we love to sit back and watch, bro. That last couple of seconds to see who fucking wins the game. Yeah. I think with more super teams, we'd be able to see more entertaining games moving forward. Yeah, but you also got to take in consideration what Vol is saying, man. You I mean you have these same group of people winning championships year in year out? If I if there was no salary cap, really, where would you find these players wanting to play in? That's what you got to ask yourself. I mean, I don't see anybody going to Charlotte to play. <laughs> Well, I think this brings me back to another point, what we're saying. And if we're going to be eliminating the salary cap, I think another hypothetical that I personally would love to propose to the league is eliminate long-term contracts completely. You get paid a one year, no matter what sport you're in, in any sport, none of these long-term contracts anymore until you really want it, which you shouldn't, because every year you would get paid a guaranteed contract of the highest earning potential that you can get, bar none, with no salary cap based on how good you are of a player. Meaning that LeBron James could essentially demand so earn with your worth every fucking year with no salary cap, and there's no worry that you get stuck in a short in a bad contract or not getting paid what you're worth at this point. So let me ask you this: <coughs> Right now, today's NBA. You pick one player, you don't worry about the future, you don't worry about how old they are, how young they are. They give you one season of basketball, and they're worth the most amount of money. Who is that player in the NBA today? LeBron James. LeBron James, James, really? For 82 games and a playoff course, you pick LeBron LeBron James. I'll take LeBron. I'll take for for number two. 36-year-old LeBron James, by the way. Won a championship, man. The GOAT. GOAT. If you're giving me one year, I still think LeBron's that good. Just off the intangibles alone. Like, he doesn't... 36-year-old LeBron physically, yeah, may not be what he is, but this is probably the best shooter version of LeBron James I've seen. This is probably the best passing version of LeBron I've seen. His basketball IQ tends to go up every fucking year. And yeah, if you put another superstar around him, I, I don't see him not winning a championship. He's it's, honestly making a team an automatic contender for the title. So like, yeah, I, I would As soon give, as he gets on that team. Yeah. So I see LeBron, even in the next coming years, granted he is what he is now, I see him still being the number one player out there. So yeah, man, LeBron James all the way. And by the way, the teams that he leaves automatically become yep. bottom shelf teams yeah. in the entire league. So there, there's something to his greatness. Wow. I mean, I was going to say probably the best player in the NBA right now, James Harden, for, would for probably be mine. In terms of just maximizing, he, he by himself, boom, your offense. That's it. That's You're fair. set. You're going to be one of the five best offensive teams in the league just by having him. And he's not a liability on defense anymore. You know, you can find the casuals in today's NBA casual Twitter society and basketball community by a few different kinds of litmus tests. And one of them for me is seeing if they harp on James Harden's defense. If you find someone saying James Harden's defense is trash and that's why he's not one of the best, they're an automatic casual. So... 
for that reason, I would pick Harden. But LeBron, man, I mean, it's hard to argue against what he's doing. He, The Lakers last year weren't that great of a team for being such favorites. It was LeBron and AD, two top five to like seven-ish, if you really, depends how you feel about AD. Um, but yeah, it's it, they largely succeeded and were favorites off the incredible success LeBron had at the age of 35. And there's really nothing different this year than last year at the age of 36, other than the Lakers have a couple more rotation guys. Yeah. And I think you could go either way on this. And, you know, again, this kind of just brings me back to the other point where we're talking about Vala is just like, if we look at some of the largest contracts in the league, right? It's crazy. I, neither LeBron or uh, James Harden are on the higher, like the highest end of that, right? Like we just look at, just look around sports in general that we see. Half a billion dollars to Patrick Mahomes for 12 years. Four hundred and what twenty six million dollars for Mike Trout, um, the largest NBA contract. Well, you told us this is what two hundred fifty six million dollars for Dame Damian Dollar. Lillard. Like, let's just think about Lillard, that. That's the name. Exactly right. Knocking on the door forever. Knocking on the door forever, right there. Poor Dame. <laughs> so, if we look at some of these very very large contracts, right, the fact that. Let's just be real that there's no way Damian Lillard should be the highest paid player in this league right now compared to the rest of the players that we have. The meritocracy just isn't there for that. And I think the other point of view is that if you end up just having players get the highest salaries every year, you can make more than $256 million, right? Well, let's bring it to your point. Let's say James Harden has been, the, in your opinion, the best player in basketball for how long? Uh, probably just the last two years. Okay, so if you're just saying off those two years alone, he's the best pay, you know, the best basketball player in the world. Essentially, I would think that that contract would be worth anywhere from just two hundred million dollars every year. Do you think it's fair to say that if we did two hundred million for for Jeez. one? Oh, sorry, year? not two years, not for okay. not for one year, for two years, hundred million dollars each per year. What would you if you were an NBA owner and there was no salary cap in the league? What would you pay James Harden this year to be able to have that? So. To understand that, you have to kind of take a step back and look at how things are as currently constructed with the NBA salary cap and the CBA. A max player in the NBA this year, and it changes every year, right. which is why the highest paid player kind of status changes every few years. It goes with the salary cap and how much teams are have available to offer mm -hmm. in terms of max money to a player. So the highest paid player in the NBA today makes what, like 40, 42, 43 million a year? Roughly. And relative to his teammates and how much they get paid, that relative distance doesn't match their worth and contributions to their team. I agree. Their worth and contributions to their team are way more than the portion of the salary cap that they take up in a team's finances. So, yeah. I mean, if 42 is what we're giving them now, and that's not even close to how much they should be getting relative to what teammates are getting and the total accruement of money available to give, you're looking at $100 million contracts if you're going one year at a time. I, I wouldn't be surprised the, if it's the, more, man. The question is, though, who can pay it? I think anybody right? can look you think at the any revenue. NBA team. Any can pay NBA it. team, look at the revenues that these teams are bringing in every year. And on top of that, valuations are getting progressively higher and higher every year. Right? Look at the what the last three teams that have been sold on the open market for that. Not to mention, if you're able to demand this much for hopefully, all the hopefully players, the Houston Rockets soon. Hopefully the Houston Rockets too. Yeah, if they if they sell the Rockets, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockets get tripped, valued at close to three billion dollars, if not more. Now I think we're getting to that point where that all these China teams market, are getting. Like, bro. 
It's huge. Yeah. We're becoming a worldwide market. Free Hong Kong. I, free Hong Kong free. right there. <laughs> Daryl Morey is just looking at you right now like, thank you, Bala. Somebody loves me over here. Shout out Daryl Morey. Oh, Greatest man. GM ever. I miss him, man. Um, but yeah, like if, if that happens at this point, like what is there to say that these basketball contracts, they're getting bigger. This network money is going to get bigger, right? You could probably expect a lot of the players that are going to be around you to get bigger. And on top of that, these economies that are kind of growing in scale now relative to what they were earlier, China, the average GDP is going up per capita as well. India doing the same thing. That's 2 billion people right there that are interested in your product. So many things are getting bigger. It's bigger and better, my friend. That's the world. It's beautiful. America. Mm. So if that's the case, then yeah, I think they could end up being paid even more. And imagine, I don't think it's going to be uh, not safe to say, but I think you could have a team of five guys that want to have $100 million contracts. $500 million in salary in one year. In one year. I, there's a team out in New York. And I that's think, just yeah. your starters. That's just your starters. Yeah, and just have a bunch of bench warmers if you want to, or how much you can pay. A bunch of bench warmers. Whatever, whatever, whatever else you want in to, bro. a basketball bro. game to build. You need some people to back you up. Look, man, if you have a starting five of the top five players, if, the, if hypothetically, Chef, let's just say the top five players in the NBA decided to get together in one game, I think each of them could demand a $100 million salary. Who yeah, would you have? No, if you can, absolutely. Well, if you could have a starting, like an ultimate starting five, who would you have? Like, and you're, you're an NBA owner. Uh, Here's just five players that you can have on your team right now. Start and they want to win a championship. Wow, five right now. Right now. Right now. AD at the five. Okay, AD at the five. My four is probably Giannis. Okay. You gonna type? You gonna write the whole thing? I'm writing it all down. I'm trying I was to see this. His whole Damn, there's so many. God, this is your ultimate starting five. You you know you want you want you to win a championship. Keep him. Till the end. This is a one-year contract that you're giving all these guys, and you want you're gonna win a championship this year. Like that's everybody's on on this team's goal. So wow. AD at the five, Giannis at the four. But just know you're fucked with the other people, though. But this is your, yeah, this really. is the team you're, you're yeah. running with for, as, a, as a starting yeah. five to win the, the championship this year. Wow. Um, LeBron at the one. LeBron at the one. Damn, okay. So you're talking about a Smart. switching nightmare. Curry at the two. Okay. Ooh. At the three. Gotta give me KD at the KD three, at man. The three. KD's back. Yeah, this team was a maybe, championship. Maybe yeah. KD's back. We haven't seen KD in a minute. Yeah, this, this so LeBron that begs the question. Talk to me. What's going on? Thirty-two year old KD hasn't played in a minute. Are Play we else. are we all just brushing it aside and I'm saying aside. Ah, they're they're are resting you him? Tweet at him? You I should mean, tweet at him. I don't want his simps to come after me. It's gonna be like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a starting five though. LeBron That's a solid starting five, man. LeBron, Curry, KD, Giannis, AD. Yeah, I don't see how you don't win a championship that year. Me and Neville can come off the bench. Are we still yeah. win. That's James Harden's your six man. Boom. So that oh, brings me to another point. Now that we've drafted this team, if you were a rival owner, give me another starting five that could contend against that starting five. You got to have, have James Harden at the one, okay. just because of everything he can give you. Cool. Kawhi at the three. Got to have defense against these long wings. Cool. Giannis and LeBron in the paint. That's going to be a nightmare. So you got to have a five that can shut shit down. Give me Joel Embiid at the five, bro. There you go. Hope he doesn't sprain his knee. This is a fully healthy Joel Embiid. Fully healthy Joel Embiid. At the four, you got to stretch the court since you got Harden at the one. Joel Embiid also gives you a three-point stretch option. The greatest center probably James Harden would ever have the opportunity to play with. Yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. Clint Capella holds that title as is, which is laughable. Christian Wood? Christian Wood for the time, for the time, for the time he he was here. For the five, ten games. Man, who's the four? That's the that's the question. It's always always been the question is who's the who's the power the four? forward position always gets people tied up. It does. Man, that's 
I don't even know who I, I would pick at the four. Honestly, maybe. you got the three that could, I would have picked already on that team. Look, I, I Paul George maybe at the four. Maybe. Yeah. You Pandemic P. Pandemic P. At this time, every time I think of that, I just think bad shot. <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> I, I salty. I have. I don't know, man. For if we're talking about this year, it sounds scary. I'm thinking what Julius Randle, or if you want DeAndre Ayton, you can go big. You play Joker at the four if you wanted to. You could. No, he'd be a nightmare. In a se- if this was a seven-game series, oh, that would be bad. He'd be we're, getting, we're getting late into minutes. Those thighs having to sustain <laughs> the weight that he has—it's very true. It's not a tenable situation. That's very true. Julius Randle, maybe. Julius Randle potentially. Julius. I'm not ready to label him a star player that you can win a ring with yet. That makes sense, man. Let's see the best power forwards in the NBA. It has to be. I'm thinking we're, we're definitely just missing somebody. Jason Tatum, maybe. You could put would Tatum, be an option yeah. on there. You could put Tatum if you wanted to. Our internet's fucking horrible. I'll take that actually. Well, I'll put Jason Tatum at the four. And then at and the. Then we need a two. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dame. Dame Dollar. Dame Dollar. Dame. Next to Harden, yeah. yeah. Now you tell me, as an as an NBA fan. If that could be a matchup with two teams, that's pretty much win. just the All Star game just happening. Every but with year. players that actually want to be like this yeah, is for a championship, like though, a compa- right? What was the? I think it was like two years ago they had an actual competitive All Star game. That was actually really fun to watch. Yeah, honestly, and something like this, if it was set up every year, where Giannis was trying to bully Harden, yeah, they yeah. trying to go after the dribbler. That's and bro. <laughs> In, in all honesty, bro, I think you could have three or four teams stacked like this, considering how talented the NBA is every year. Imagine if well, we you had to this. Go every to year. a different strategy now that you can play this. I mean, granted that you have these all stars that are your starting five. I mean, you're gonna have to pick and choose who you want. Other teams can definitely get more balanced teams around. Well, even and that's the yeah. phenomenal part about this no salary cap system that well, you're talking about. Even then, right? If we have these one-year contracts, these teams could change if they yeah, wanted to every, every year. year, right? So if you find out like Daddy LeBron's like, all right, Steph, you're getting too old for me. I, I need a new shooter. Like, done. Like, you just have a new person right there, and that other person can end up going to You're just to basically doing bench. your fantasy draft every year, man. Well, I think the only problem that would come from this, and Paul, tell me if you agree with but the leagues, I feel like, would end up being very top-heavy. I think similar to what baseball is, right? Like, you have teams in baseball that when they suck, they're bad. Like, no, like they'll have negative, like, not negative attendance rates, but nobody goes, nobody cares about it. But when these teams are good, a la the Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox, they're huge. They make all the money in the world. And I think it would be similar to this in the NBA, in which the top five, six teams every year have all these all-stars that we just named because the NBA is so deep now. But then your lower tier teams, yeah, maybe, you know, Charlotte, uh, maybe Utah, you know, maybe they're not really even relevant in the NBA anymore, probably relegated to being some of the G League team. Do you think that's a problem or do you think that could happen? The one-year element of it makes it so hard to predict. Yeah. You know, like the, with the, the baseball analogy of being the Red Sox or Yankees, they have players that have tenure there. Mm-hmm. Players the fans grow with, the continuity that the team grows with. Having one-year contracts, you have a lot of guys come and go. A lot of moving pieces all the time. So, I don't know. It would be hard to predict. And I'm assuming players wouldn't want to just rotate between the same batch of top-heavy teams. So, they'd be going elsewhere. But See, and that's the thing I think would happen, too. I think you wouldn't need that that dictation of a long-term deal if you knew a couple of guys that wanted to play with each other. Like, I'm sure... 
KD and Kyrie ended up like having the same contract link because they wanted to play with each other. And I think if you had these one-year deals with a lot of these players, I think they'd be like, all right, no, we're good enough to give this another year. I think it'd be more amongst the players. Like, for example, right, I'm just looking back in history, like the Spurs. Uh, even if you gave this option to the Spurs, I think all of those players, Kate, um, you know, Timmy, back to the Spurs yeah, again, yeah, KD. I don't know about that. You don't think so? I don't know about you don't that. You think that buddy. core of Tim Duncan, Kawhi, uh, not Kawhi Leonard, Tony Parker, and Joe Ginobili would there not were, There were years where they considered trading, like, Tony Parker legitimately. Yeah, I believe that. Because of different things that happened in that locker room. There were years where Tim Duncan thought about leaving the Spurs and going to sign with the Orlando Magic, Magic that would have been nice. to pair up with a young up-and-coming Tracy McGrady and who we thought at the time was a healthy Grant Hill, a top three player in the NBA. So, yeah, I don't know. If you take that option, or rather give that option to the players every single year, take that option away from the teams, from the oh owners, Um Interesting things could happen. We, I think the decade would be way different than it was in the 2000s, for sure. And a big part of that would be maybe the Spurs not being who they were. Well, in general, even if you if you did, I, I think it goes down to the player and you give them the empowerment choice of, okay, do you want to win championships? I'm, I'm still sure they'd be cognizant enough to understand that, hey, you guys, this core works. You guys have won back-to-back championships. You guys have had a ton of success. Maybe if you want to leave to get paid more, you have the option to do that. But if you want to win a championship, I'm sure they know that, hey, this is probably the best core I could have had around me. And what we talk, well, what we talked about with the, um, on the previous podcast as well of that fit, right? Like you stated of like if that fit fits the mold of what you're looking for and plays it better than just talent in and of itself, you can win and exceed to being a champion. Uh, what happened with the Detroit Pistons? I think that's the reason why you would stay. But at the same point, bro, like I look at a lot of these other players and I think what you said, Volo, like the starting five of like LeBron and AD, I think they stay together no matter what happens for as long as they want to. Right. I mean, right now, LeBron and AD are doing what, like one in one contracts together the whole time as well. So I think these players want to stay. LeBron signed a four year contract with the Lakers. He just re-upped with them, right? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. What AD do? Got, Got the max money. And they're staying together, but I'm saying they're staying together for quite a bit of time. Even if they wanted, and if they wanted to stay afterwards too, they'd be able to stay afterwards. It definitely limits you you getting what you want, especially if that's playing with your homies. I agree. You know, Chris Paul. That would have been so nice. The only reason Chris Paul is a Phoenix Sun and not an LA Laker is because of the salary cap. Because the Lakers didn't have contracts they could use to match CP3's massive contract on the Thunder. So the Suns made a move because of their open salary cap space and got him instead. And now the Suns are the second best team in the West, as it looks. So, yeah, man, you'd have a lot more of those pairings, a lot more of those dream team-ups. It would just, we would have to look deeper into the financials of the NBA to know how much realistically teams could offer players. How many hundred million dollar Easy. contracts can so, you dish out? Let's look at the look. At, let's look at the opposing side of this. I look at the fact of... The New York Yankees, the fact that that team in New York is able to average a payroll over $300 million every year in a sport and in a team that makes far less revenue and is far less, I would say, reaching out to the mass public than the NBA. So to me, if the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees, they can afford these contracts. And we look at the, you know, we look at the average MLB contract too, right? It can be anywhere, you know, we're talking grand length of things and just how much it costs. Each one of these contracts, anywhere from three to $400 million sometimes for the top tier players, even though they are long-term deals, just the cost of being able to put that money up front as collateral is still there. 
So if these teams are able to pay that, I don't see why the NBA wouldn't be able to play that, to pay that. These deals that they're getting with networks are getting bigger and bigger. Chances are Amazon, Hulu, a lot of these um, streaming services end up getting in it, getting in this as well, which can mean more money for these play uh, for the owners for that as well. So if you have all these additional revenue streams coming in, people are actually more interested in the NBA more than anything else. And if you have these ever-changing parts that you're telling me a team could consist of these five, I think revenue is going to keep consistently going up and as valuations of the team keep going up as well. I think people could afford four or $500 million contracts every year easy. Sure, you're probably not going to, it's not going to work during the pandemic season. But do you think every team is going to be able to no, because there's a, there's like, only a limit to the amount of talent that you have, though, right? Not every player is going to be a hundred million player. Even the the in my opinion, the t- the ten guys that we just named here, I wouldn't be surprised if one of one or two of them aren't a hundred million dollar players. Um, but I think, like I said, I think the whole CBA changes. I think a lot of a lot of stuff changes if you just open up the salary cap then, because it's up to the owners now to will, to pay what they want to. And then you have different tiers of billionaires too. Like Tilvin Fertitta wouldn't be able to afford similar contracts to what Steve Ballmer can afford, right? Like, uh, I'm sorry, Landry stock is worth nothing compared to Microsoft stock. So at the end of the day, like it's going to be different variations than that. But if Tillman ever wanted to open up the pocketbook, it could happen. I mean, it's probably a very... He, he's proved that he will not open He will not open it. By the way. He Let's will just not. put that out on the, uh, on the air. Absolutely. But if he did, yeah, you'd have owners that are willing to actually open up the pocket button and have you know these super teams that, at the end of the day, every fan would love. We talk about how the NBA Finals haven't gotten love in the past couple of years, or the playoffs, are, they're being watched less and less. But I don't know how many... Would you guys watch a Finals consisting of the teams that we just talked about recently? Like the teams in the NBA this year? No, like no, the, no, ones, like that the just, ones that we just... The drafted right teams right now. The, the starting five of LeBron, Curry, KD, Giannis, and AD versus Harden, Dame, Kawhi, Jason Tatum, and Embiid. Of course, the final poll would be a lot better. The regular season would be meaningless, and the playoffs leading up to that point would be meaningless as well. So you think that nobody would watch the playoff? The regular, you it was, it was just like the first season that KD went to Golden State, mm-hmm. and LeBron still had Kyrie and Kevin Love with the Cavs. Those Cavs teams were a 60-plus win team. I agree. And they were they, pretty irrelevant, man. What's up? I said they were pretty irrelevant, granted, that you had these, exactly. this team that everybody was... And, and they ran through the East pretty easy in the playoffs. But again, like pretty irrelevant when you're going up against the greatest team ever assembled in the KD, Steph Curry Warriors. I agree. I think at that point, man, like... No, nobody cared about the playoffs mm-hmm. up until the finals in that year. I think the thing with this scenario would be, though, like these are just two teams as well. I think if we look at the construct of all those other teams, they were also constructed very poorly. They didn't, a lot of these other teams didn't have two or three superstars on their teams either. And That's I think, actually, this, like you're saying, this allows you to have multiple superstars join the team. But then again, you also have to take in consideration about when we talked about the top heavy for the league. For these two teams right here, I mean, I can think of the Lakers being one of them, being able to afford all these yeah. people, and then. Another top tier team. Probably the Knicks. Yeah, Knicks. You know, just saying. Those other bottom tier teams, bro, I don't this see them it. being able to pay that amount of money to get these people. This is this is the secret ploy to make the Knicks relevant again. That's, isn't this it? is it. James okay. Dolan. I mean, this is only on the contingency that James Dolan sells a team. You're such a businessman. Oh my goodness. You're getting in the good morning. graces of James Dolan. I, I'd, I'd be like, Mr. Mr. James, I love you. So sell me on, a, just send RJ Barrett to Houston, please. That's about it. That's never going to happen. R.J. Barrett for John Wall straight up. Let's 100%. Go. Let's do it. Yeah. I think we probably could have still no. to do that. Yeah. Who says no? <laughs> Who says no? Other than the entirety of the state of New York, but... It's okay. They're, they're Who irrelevant. are they to, you know, Yeah. It doesn't matter. 
But yeah, bro. I think we'd, we'd end up having more of these teams. I think we'd have six or seven teams every year in the NBA that everybody would want to see these dream matchups for. So let me let me ask you a dream matchup right now Talk off to the me. top of your head. Take two teams, two NBA Finals teams from history, mm-hmm. and pit them against each other. What's your dream matchup? Oh, Kate. two Finals teams from like this this era of basketball, so the two thousands. The two thousands. Now, damn it. Uh, I'd still take. I'll take KD KD Warriors against Kobe and Shaq. Wow. Yeah, Kobe and Shaq has to be in there. No more dominant duo in mm-hmm. NBA history than Kobe and Shaq, by the way. Two players that on any given night could give you 40-plus points in their prime MVP-level basketball. I don't think we've ever seen that. If you could, if you could go salary cap that league right that year right now that you, that you had Kobe and Shaq, what, what players would you put around him just as the, be, like as the best fitting? And you're the Lakers, right? Salary cap is probably nothing to you at this point either, any, anyways. What, what players would you put around him? Fisher at the point guard would probably be like the ideal one. So, you know, Derek Fisher, people forget he was a double-digit scorer for the Lakers that year that they beat AI and the Sixers in the finals in 2001. Probably the most beautiful left-handed jumper I've ever seen, man. Iconic moments in all that as well. So... You know, like the the shot against the Spurs with 0.4 seconds left on the clock in the playoffs to give the Lakers a 3-2 series lead. Fisher's kind of hard to top uh, in like the early 2000s for that team. But I don't know, maybe like a Sam Cassell if you're looking for a clutch guy, a clutch, you know, balls hanging low point guard. I like it. I dig balls hanging low. So that kind of point guard, Kobe, you're three. I don't know. Rick Fox, again, you're looking for a gritty defensive player. Who would you take in the early 2000s? It's a gritty defensive player. Man, I don't know. I'd put it, I'd probably want to put somebody like a, instead of a gritty defensive player, like a three, knockdown three point shooter. Give me Peja. 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 Peja Stojakovic, like being able wow. to pass. Imagine Shaq getting double teamed and Peja's just open every single so, time. So you're going to gift Peja Stojakovic a championship because David Stern stole it from him Pretty in those exactly, Lakers King series? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Be like, Peja, look, just come over here, bud. Come we over. rigged the 2002 Western Conference Finals. Just for you. This is how we make it up to you. Exactly. We rewind time and put you we, in the we, we rewind you and you end up winning a championship with Kobe and Shaq. That's a bet. Well. I okay. think that team. And then the it. four, you got Robert Ori still. Yeah, Big Shot Bob Ori, you if you wanted him. to. Yeah, I think you have to keep Big Shot Bob. I think you just like, isolate Shaq completely and just let him just fucking, just let him enjoy Big the pain. Big Shot Bob. Big Shot Bob. Is that what they call him? Yeah, that's his nickname. Yes, Why indeed. do they call him that? What Big, the fuck? Because he hit big shots, Bob. Oh damn! Yeah. <laughs> All right, done. just learn some new shit. That's done. Now, well, take that starting five. And I don't think there's any reason to salary cap the whole Warriors thing. The Warriors are already the perfect team, in my opinion. But pit them against Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, KD, and insert Kevon Looney or JaVel McGee. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to watch the Warriors try to stop the the, the, the force of nature that is Shaquille yeah. motherfucking O'Neal. Yeah, that's scary. Shaq, like Shaq was dropping 33 points, 15 rebound, three block averages in the finals on like 68% from the field. Yeah. Like if he got the ball, like you he lost the possession. Yeah, That's essentially what it came down to. He was a black hole, bro. I, I, he was he literally was a, a black, black hole. He was a black hole in the paint. It's the most dominant force we've ever seen. Yet despite that, still not the greatest center in NBA history. Shout out to Hakeem Olajuwon. That title still belongs to the dream of Highway 6. 
Sugarland lifetime fitness legend. Represent. Hakeem Olajuwon. By the way, did we hear about that completely off topic? Yes. But did we hear about the whole thing of Draymond Green claiming himself to be the best defensive foolish, player in history? Foolish. Yeah, speaking of, yeah, you're talking to Houston stands over here. Like, come on now. Well, in Draymond's defense, Draymond's the best wing defender of this era for an era where wing play is at its highest usage and important importance, where centers really aren't a factor, and the switch defensive scheme is important. And Draymond is the prototype for that. Hakeem was the best defender in the golden era of centers for the NBA. Talk about switchability. Imagine Hakeem trying to switch on a on a shooting guard. Oh, bro, it just that, footwork. Those soccer feet, dude. Oh my gosh, those soccer feet. Playing Easy. soccer in the streets of Nigeria. Done. Running away from like cheetah and leopard. Done. He really he carved out a niche for himself as the greatest foot artist I've ever seen from a center still to this day. I agree. That would that would be fun. I still I don't know. I like I like Draymond as well. I always wonder about his defense against Scott. like Scotty Pippen's defense was also something else too, man. Like being able to see Scotty like that. So I don't know. I, I would agree with that. But to detest, well, do you think anybody would be able to stop? Uh, you know, do you think that Kobe and Derek Fisher would have a problem with Steph and Clay then? Kobe would find Stephen Curry's greatest weakness. Wow. Maybe maybe his wife, maybe oh, maybe his, his restaurant. Oh god, that'd be bad. Bad Yelp reviews. Yeah, bad Yelp. Oh, shout out to the city of Houston. Bad Yelp reviewed the shit out of Ayesha Curry's restaurant. That we did that. Amazing. Really it's just real, a testament to the power that a team can bring a city together with. Beautiful. It's a wonderful thing to see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just bringing people down is a wonderful thing. Wow. But city of Houston, man, that's what we do. Bring the other team down. Make it easier for us. But yeah, I don't know, man. Clay Thompson would be tough. Derek Fisher, again, he he knows how to throw bows. I remember when the Rockets played the Lakers in that playoff series, and he threw a bow to Luis Scola on a pick and roll. So Fisher can be that dirty kind of little creature that gets under the skin of your guards in your backcourt and makes them work. He's always moving off the ball, too. Makes Steph got to work on defense, so... I don't know. Maybe give me a 2000s Gary Payton in that backcourt. That'd be clutch. Four, they got him four years too late. That was sad. In that 04 finals against the Pistons, but And then still. with Carl Malone as well. Yeah. And Malone was nice. He was still giving me like 16 a game Malone or Malone was like nice that. before he hurt his knee that season. Yeah. Yeah, 40 years old, just giving you 18 and 8. That's fucking wild. That's crazy. Yeah, that, team, that team was stacked. And to say that Detroit beat them, the fuck? Yeah, I remember the Eastern Conference Finals that year when Detroit was playing Indiana. And Indiana was a powerhouse, man. Yeah, that was a team. Ron Artest, Defensive Player of the Year, all-star level guy, 20, 23 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. Jermaine O'Neal in his all-star. prime. Reggie Miller, still on that team, still giving you 14-15 a game as a shooter. Was Steven Jackson on that team? Too, Steve, maybe? big shot, Jax, yeah. He was either on... Yeah, he, no, he played on the Pacers that year. He was on the Spurs the year before. Yeah, yeah. You had a lot of pieces, man. Jamal Tinsley was a nice little point guard for them, too. He was little. Whew. Austin Crozier, one of the best white, white guys. With the early 2000 white guys, stand up. Did you have Scott Pollard on that team, too? Yeah, Scott, Scott Pollard man. was your backup white big. White boy represent, bro. White, boy re- white man represents. White man. Scott Pollard was a white man. That's, a, that's true. They got played around by Shaq over that's, here. That's a <laughs> Trump voting white man right there. I tell you what, you find him out there in those rallies. So, yeah, bro, when when Indiana lost to Detroit in that infamous Tayshaun Prince block of Reggie Miller, Ooh. 
everyone was saying like that's that's the literally the last chance the NBA had was the Pacers beating the Lakers because they could match up with Shaq. But little do they know, fucking Ben Wallace four times was best player of the year. was on a mission. Wow. And you shore up that front line with Rashid because the Pistons were in the Eastern Conference Finals the year before as well. Mm-hmm. The year before when they almost lost in the first round to Tracy McGrady and the Orlando Ooh. Magic, by the way. But they were right there knocking on the door. Rashid Wallace is what sent them over the top. And then they just caught the Lakers at the right time. The fact that Ben Wallace... Kobe's worst final series, by the way. I agree. You might, I mean, I, I like the defense on that. Tayshawn, Tayshawn Prince is just unfair. He's like a he's like a fucking Elasta man, bro. He was like what? He's like six nine six. It's like what six eight six now, like a seven three seven four wingspan. It's dumb. It's oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and they, a lefty too. Yeah, and a lefty on top of that, and then you have the switch with Rip Hamilton, who's a pretty above average defender, and then your point guard Chauncey Bill. Yeah, that team was just built on great defense and knowing your role. That's that's it. But yeah, I, I think. That's one of those teams I would save all that wouldn't require that much of a salary cap either. <laughs> that 04. Nobody was a superstar on that team, which was crazy, right? Like, yeah. that, that was, that's a what bunch of role mind. players doing their job, man. Yeah, like, you could. You could just and, do your job. Just do your job. Like Tillman Fertitta would say, shut up and dribble. Shut up. <laughs> My gosh. Tillman, Tillman's listening to this and nearly having a heart attack on me. That's the case. Yeah, if he's eating Landry's, he's not far away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they just keep coming. <laughs> But yeah, man, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Do you see any opposing factors for yourself? All that you would say that you wouldn't want to have, you know, one-year contracts or anything for your reason. Like if you were, a, if you were an owner, I assume you'd probably want that. But as a fan, would you want? Would you rather keep the longer-term deals? That's the biggest thing. Is as a fan, you know, especially younger kids, losing personalities on your team that you become so accustomed to seeing and and loving superstars staying in one location for their entire careers. That's something that could draw younger fans away, losing out on that. But at the same time, who knows if you'd lose out on that with these one-year contracts. If a player really wants to stay, he'll stay. And there'll be avenues more readily available for help to come or other superstars to pair with him in his preferred destination. So I don't know, man. It's an interesting topic. I, I don't feel too strongly about it, but... I just I like the way things are right now, and there's already a lot of variability. The only thing I don't like is fucking players signing four-year contracts and then demanding out after year one. Like we're about to see with Carl Anthony Towns, I think. You know, he's got a four-year contract right now. I think in the off season, three years left on his deal, he's gonna st- we're gonna start to hear rumblings out in Minnesota of him wanting out. So that's the only crappy part about these long-term contracts is you're starting to move to an era where teams invest so much in terms of their roster and handicapping their flexibility to signing these players to long-term contracts that it really doesn't seem fair when the player demands out and ruins the entire integrity of the structure this owner or GM is trying to create after the first year of their contract. Saw that with James Harden, two years left on his deal, already made that move. You're going to see that with Cat. So yeah, that's the only argument that would sway me towards it but there's other arguments out there like i mentioned the fan service of the fan service side of things that would kind of keep me on the salary cap as is i think we've got a good system i think the problem with it that i I, that i personally would have would just be the fact that we talk about player empowerment and i think that's one of the detriments to it but every time you'd have that yearly contract i think you know that you as a gm and you as the owner have to do your best in constructing the best possible team around him being favorable, being in a team that you want to be at. So 
if Cat doesn't want to stay there anymore, he doesn't have to. He's out the next year. He's there's no long term deal. And being how good Cat is, it's all on him to end up being a top ten center in this league, which he is, or a top five center in this league, which arguably he may be. So he could demand that salary every year from any team. It's it's great. It's great for those top guys. Like if you're a superstar, this definitely benefits you. But do you think the majority of NBA players would want to do only one year contracts and not guarantee themselves a little bit more money with a longer stretch? I believe that. But at the same time, I think that it's on them to end up staying competitive and being that good. The salary cap is going to be going up progressively every Uh year. Darwinism. It is. It is. It's survival of the fittest at that point. (laughs) Go back back to the G League if you you can't belong. But I think at the end of the day, it's a better product for the fan. If I'm getting the best players who who are eligible to play every year, I'm getting the best product I could possibly see on television. That's true. So that's the only reason why I would say, yeah, does it suck for the players? It does. But at the end of the day, like... I think it just makes them work harder, man. It does. Like, I'm, you know, this is... I would not want this in society. Like, you know, like, it's like, this is like capitalism to the max. But like, at this point, I would love to see it in a competitive league where it is all about, are you, am I seeing the best player on this team? That's, that, that would be my only thing against it. But yeah, it would suck if you're making like 400, 500 grand a year. It's like, damn, there's going to be some kid probably coming out of UNC that could probably pay, play better than some, let, let's be real, Jared Dudley would probably not be in this league at this all. Like, I, I'm, I'm thinking of a lot of players that probably would not Don't talk shit about Jared Dudley, bro. You don't, you don't talk about Jared Dudley? I don't bro? talk shit about anyone from those late 2000s Phoenix Suns Steve Nash teams that got robbed of a championship. <laughs> RIP. Yeah, don't do that. It's okay. They're all on the Brooklyn Nets now. <laughs> they haven't got anywhere. Fucking Steve Nash is coaching Mike D'Antoni. That's crazy. Isn't great. And his and his uh what and his assistant coach is Amari Stoudemire. It's crazy, bro. They take some crazy wine baths after the game. I bet. I believe that. I believe that. Love. Uh, that's just nasty. It is, bro. But yeah, man. This is guy. This I feel like this is one of those what ifs that would be a fun thing to play around with, and hopefully. We get some richer owners in the NBA and that that are willing to throw some game. Get me a Mark Zuckerberg and uh, yeah, and get me a just get fucking Tillman for Tita. Get him out out of Toyota Center. Oh, I like that. See, that would be good for the owners too. Get the poor owners out. We don't want any get of you. The poor get the well, you little the one two billionaires. billionaires. Yeah, you the little poor one billionaire. You little one two billionaire wannabe billionaire owners. Tillman for Tita. We're looking at you. Get the fuck out. Get the real billionaires in here. That can tres comas. Ex- tres comas. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we Russ need. Russ Hanneman, there. baby. Let's go, baby. Bring in Russ Hanneman as my NBA. I agree. Owner. Oh, I would love that right uh, there. I would be a Toyota Center for every game. I'd be a season ticket holder tomorrow. Would you if Mark if Mark Cuban was the owner of the Houston Rockets, would you love the Rockets that much exponentially? One hundred percent. Easily. I agree. He's a great Easy. owner. I agree. Always stands up for his players. Imagine all the cool shit we would get from Shark Tank. I dude, that's exactly what it. I'm saying at this yeah, time bro. as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, this is like a huge play to get rid of that. But fellas, on that note, shit, man, it's it's been it's been a minute for this podcast. I love always talking to y'all. This is always fun. Any final words we say before we head out on this one, bro? No, uh, Victor Oladipo for Tyler Tyler Hero and four first round picks. Let's go! Wow, wow, that's what I you want to end off with. Okay, Victor Oladipo's gone though. I can live with that. That's fair. Chef, any parting words, man? Nothing, man. Nothing. I got nothing to say to you guys. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm kidding. I hope you guys have a nice-ass fucking day. This was fun. Great seeing y'all two motherfuckers. It is what it is. Bye. Bye.